You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am Jeff, your host. This is episode two, Pandemic Ministry. Right now, our country and the world are figuring out how to deal with COVID-19, the social isolation, unemployment rising, and seemingly hope is lost in many short-term respects. So how can we do ministry during this bizarre time? How can we do it virtually? I'm going to be talking about that today with our guest, Mike Hines. Mike is the junior high pastor at Fellowship Bible Church Dallas. He was my supervisor when I was an intern there during seminary. He was the officiant at our wedding. He is a great friend and also a youth ministry veteran. We'll be discussing how to do ministry, how to care for ourselves, and make sure those in ministry are caring for themselves, and how to communicate with students that this is a time when the church should step up and shine, and we should still celebrate the joy that we have in Christ while recognizing the difficulty that we are in. So, let's welcome Mike to the podcast. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you today. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Great to be here, man. Yeah. Well, uh, let's have the audience get to know you a a little bit, Mike. I know you pretty well, um, but for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into youth ministry. Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, On some level, I've been doing youth ministry for the last 23 years, and uh, it all started for me when I was working as a, a camp counselor. And uh, it was at a, at a family camp in East Texas. Uh, and there was a particular family from my church in Baton Rouge who approached me at the end of their week of camp. And they said, you need to work with youth ministry, Mike. <laughs> and I thought, huh, that's interesting. I never really had thought about that. Um, at that point in time, I was planning to be a an electrical engineer like my dad. Uh, then I went into actually went into finance, and that's that's what my undergrad is in. But the Lord kept working uh, in my life through volunteering, eventually through internships, and now uh, 15 years I've been full time with my current church here in the Dallas area. So yeah, man, it was in college where God really started moving me and working in my life. Um, he he had me really um, reflect on, you know, some of the, the passions and burdens that I, I had. And it really, it, it came down to younger people. Um, and in particular, Jeff, I mean, I love junior high ministry. Um, it, it's, it's an odd thing. I've worked with high school. I've been a student ministry pastor over both junior high and high school ministries. Um, but for whatever reason, God is, has knitted, knitted my heart and given me favor with junior high students, man. I just love them. And what's really cool is my oldest son entered the junior high ministry this year, 
So that's been a, a tremendous blessing and a challenge, as you can imagine. But it's been great, man. And um, and here I am, 23 years later, still working with with uh, youth ministry. And um, uh, we'll see what the Lord has for the uh, next few years to come. Love it, man. Love it. And man, the fact that uh, your son is now in youth makes me feel old because I remember when he <laughs> was a baby. So, man, that that is yeah. awesome, though. That That is a, br- a really cool paradigm shift too when you have your own kids in your ministry that's a pretty cool thing um well thank you man glad to have you with us again and uh you know we are talking about how to do youth ministry in a global pandemic and really ministry in, in general but of course for the sake of our audience and our podcast we're focusing in on youth ministry and you know uh this podcast is talking about unconventional ways to do ministry, and if this isn't the most unconventional time of ministry, I'm not sure what is. Uh, I think you might agree for that. And, you know, I, I want to start out by thinking about, uh, as we jump in here with our different strategies and ways to engage the students, I can't help but think how the church would have handled something like this when I was a teenager, So back in the late 90s, early 2000s, we did have the internet. We had the miraculous tool of AOL Instant Messenger. (laughs) We had chat rooms where you would have a name and a message, and they'd all stack on top of each other, and you weren't sure who was talking to who. Kind of chaotic. Um, We did have three- and four-way calls. It would cost you a little more on your phone bill, but you could do it. And we did have websites. Now, we wouldn't be able to live stream on the internet and have the social media tools and apps like we have today. But I'm sure that my church would have used those online resources as much as they could have. However, without the ability to interact face-to-face, unless they stopped by your house and sat in their car or sat on the edge of your driveway, uh, that certainly would have changed things. And of course, with the limited technology compared to what we have now, it certainly would have been more difficult, I would have, I would think. Uh, would you agree with that uh, based on how the church would have handled it when you were a teenager? Yeah, Jeff, man, you are right. Very interesting times we are living in, uh, not being able to come together as the body of Christ. And of course, you and I both know the, uh, the main product we offer is relationship, one relationship with Christ uh, first and foremost, and second, uh, relationship with each other as the body of Christ. I mean, I would say, yeah, I would say for sure, um, that my church would have had that personal touch. I think there would have been phone calls. I think there would have been letter writing. Uh, you know, we didn't have zoom or, or FaceTime like we do now. Uh, I've been using that a whole lot with, uh, with our people. Uh, I also think it would have, uh, you know, one of the things I've done recently is mobilized our leaders, and I'm more in touch with our our volunteer leaders so that they can reach out to our students more effectively. I think my church would have done that. I think they would have would have utilized the uh, the laborers of the church, the ones who who are serving in the church and are active to reach the body. Um, you know, I think I think my church would have also been outreach oriented. I think they would have done things like food drives where you can drop off food 
uh, at a safe distance. Uh, I think they would have done lawn care for the elderly, things like that, where uh, we are helping out the widows and the older generation of our church. Um, I think my youth pastor probably would have done some social distant field games, you know, uh, <laughs> like, you know, kind of like disc golf, like we, we played the other day and, and, and had a few students, but stayed a safe distance apart. Um, and, and so, yeah, man, I, I think those would have been, that personal touch would have been a, a big deal and, and a real huge driver for my church along with the outreach uh, piece. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. I, I think now it's, it's interesting because, um, now when someone, even an adult gets a letter or a card in the mail, that's handwritten, that's a novel special item because everything is so instant with texting, email, FaceTime. Um, and so it shows that you go out of your way to really engage with someone. And I think that's something the 21st century church needs a lot more of is non-electronic ways of connecting with your students and those in your ministry. Love that. Um, yeah. yeah, because uh, like, as you said, you know, we offer a relationship and we want people to have that with Christ, but we are not only a ministry built on relationships, but we were designed by God to be relational beings. We are made to depend on each other, to meet together in churches, in homes, and schools, in a community that uh, worships God together. And that's been so- sorely lacking and certainly having to turn up the creative juices on our side, which one of the stereotypes that uh, I'm hoping is correct about youth ministry is that we have all the creative ways of, of thinking and engaging. So, um, yeah, I think we're all leaning on those and excited about what we're able to do with students, but at the same time, still missing actually being able to be together. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there isn't really one set of correct answers for this next question or uh, topic of discussion, but I wanted to talk about for those in youth ministry, volunteers, paid staff, uh, anyone who has an influence in teenage, with teenagers uh, right now, what do you think are the two or three main themes or messages that we should be communicating to students? For, for those who work in youth ministry who are listening, what are the top two or three themes or messages that they should be hitting with their students almost every time that they connect with them. What do you think? Yeah, that's good, man. I think uh, right now a lot of students are um, experiencing for the first time some level of global uh, trauma. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, man, it, you know, local local and global. It's like I, uh, I, I think that a lot of students are surprised that this is happening. You know, the older generations are not. They've seen enough. Uh, to know that, hey, this is not our home. So one of the big themes needs to be, hey, eternal perspective, you guys. Uh, this Absolutely. is not our home. Yeah, uh, we we are we are as as they say, right? That we are passing through, and and the Lord is yet to come. I think he even reminding them of Revelation that these are birth pangs of Christ's second return, and let's take hope in that, and and let's do a little bit of a reset. That hey, um, 
this life is temporary, though, though we should live uh, for Christ in a uh, fervent and, and um, robust way and, and give it everything we've got in this lifetime. But at the same time, uh, this earth is fading uh, and everything in it is temporary. So, hey, let's live for the eternal. Let's store up our treasures in heaven. And I would say, Jeff, a huge piece and communication theme needs to be reach out to the lost. Hey, which of your friends right now uh, would you start, can you start praying for? And would you consider reaching out to uh, to hopefully be able to share the gospel with them? Yeah. You know, and provide that that hope that we we know as believers comes through Christ. I would say also continue to be the church. Uh, how are they going to know? Uh, that we belong to Jesus is how we love one another. So, hey, let's continue to practice that as we care for each other, that you know, we regularly connect with each other. Uh, we pray for each other and with each other. Uh, we're checking in on each other. You know, continue to, to be the church. And I would say for our leaders, again, I'm going to emphasize this, we need to mobilize them right now. Check in with your leaders. Call them. Uh, maybe you're broken out into small groups. Get If you have two working with, let's say, sixth grade girls, for example, uh, get those two on a call and just check in with them. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, how can I be praying for you and your family? But also in, uh, challenge them. Um, hey, what are some ways you can be reaching out to your students right now? Give them some good contact information. Set them up to have uh, Zoom calls on a regular basis. And uh, I would say, man, those are some of the themes that that I would really go after, and I have uh, been attempting to go after uh, being isolated and sheltered in place right now. Yeah, love it, man. That's really good stuff, really practical things for leaders to take hold of and dive into. Um, yeah, I I think a lot of what you said I would definitely agree with. Um, you know, I think we need to emphasize that God is sovereign, and he wasn't surprised at all by any of this. Um, he is still God. He is still is loving us. He's all powerful. And, you know, I saw an interview on the, on the news the other day, I think it was, uh, Anderson Cooper and someone else. And they were talking to Rick Warren and, uh, I guess he's a, a contributor for them every once in a while. And, you know, the age old question came up uh where is god in, in in all of this why would he allow any of this to, to happen and rick quickly went to um physical tangible examples just like jesus did when the disciples of john the baptist came to him and said are you really the messiah and jesus said tell john that the blind can see and the lame can walk right Amen. so because John knew that that's what Jesus was coming to do in his earthly ministry. Of course, ultimately, he came to save us, but he was showing the love of God and showing his power and healing people. And Rick uh, made examples of food drives and people reaching out and paying for bills, doing yard work, um, offering jobs, all kinds of things. And he said, that's where God is. That is the church at work. And people want to go in a 30,000 foot view and say, how can all powerful God allow this? And there is certainly room for that discussion. And it's an important discussion to have. But I think practically, 
day to day, people, when they ask a big question, they're really asking, hey, when I get up in the morning, I don't see Christians doing anything. I don't see God at work. And Rick Warren was saying, here's where God is at work. And so for us, we can say, hey, look, our adult Bible studies are still meeting. Our youth small groups are still meeting. Like you said, we're still focusing on making sure that we know what the gospel is so we can share it with our friends. We didn't stop being the church just because we can't meet in person. We still have, by the grace of God, technology to be able to meet face-to-face, at least on a screen, and certainly with our voices. Um, and if, if, if anything, it might be a little easier now for some students and their friends to connect with what the church is doing, because instead of showing up to a physical building, they can just click a link. And students all are, are already always on their phones. And so they can just share a hashtag and they can see some, some posts that their church youth group ha- has been making. They can join a, a Zoom call, like you said. Um, they can hop on Instagram Live, um, all of those things. And so that's why I would emphasize. Um, I think the other thing I would emphasize is that, you know, we certainly need to take this seriously. Um, this isn't anything to brush off and say, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, we should just all go back to work and not do anything else out of the ordinary. Um, and, you know, uh, first Peter talks about submitting to our government um, and knowing that God put them there and respecting them, you know, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Um, but at the same time, we shouldn't give into fear. We shouldn't um, be hoarding toilet paper. We shouldn't be locked up in our houses, not going anywhere. Um, we shouldn't be afraid to, you know, just do normal, basic things in life. Because like you said, our hope isn't rooted in this world. It's rooted in what Christ did for us and knowing that we have life everlasting. And for those who don't have that eternal hope, their hope is being robbed from them because they can't go out and live life to the fullest because when their heart stops beating, when they stop breathing, that's the end of everything. But for us, we know that life continues on and it continues on in a glorious, unimaginable way for those who, who, who know Christ. And so we can share that hope with people, especially when in a practical day-to-day sense, hope might seem lost. Amen. Um, you know, and um, I think you and I have talked uh, other times lately about how we have all this time now that we didn't have before, and so we're, we're home more, we're around our families more, and yet there are so many people in youth ministry especially that I'm hearing from and seeing online that feel busier than ever because they're having to completely rework how they do ministry. Everything is now online only. have to make sure that they're Live streams look and sound good. Um, have to make sure that their leaders are, are reaching out, that their students are getting out of bed and hopping online, right? They, because their parents aren't making them go out, out the door. They're just making them go online. And if students want to sleep in, then they can do that. But, um, you know, we need to be aware of how this is impacting us. And I think this is probably impacting us more than we think. And as Ministers, uh, I think we're used to having the switch always on outpouring. We always want to be on. We always want to be 
investing in students and uh, encouraging them and at the same time leading and encouraging our families and um, but we need to be able to take care of ourselves physically mentally emotionally spiritually and you know that's something I've learned personally over the last few years is how important self-care is mm. um, so you know uh, I want to ask you personally, and then we can use that to get started. Man, how have you been since the quarantine order? Um, What's been difficult about it? And uh, what are some ways that you've seen God at work in a refreshing way? And how have you been able to care for yourself in the midst of doing ministry in this bizarre time? Yeah, that's good, man. It definitely has been very odd being confined to our home. you know, the typical week that involves the routine of, of coming together and then coming apart, you know, almost like breathing. We're together as a family, then we're apart. I mean, we're, we're always together. Now, we're finding ways to be apart, uh, like even, even, for instance, right now, kids are doing a little bit of schoolwork, and I'm on this uh, podcast call with you. Um, you know, uh, we will have lunch together. Um, and then they'll, they'll jump back into some schoolwork and I'll go walk the dogs, for instance, or, or go to my car and work on what, um, some of the, uh, steps program I've actually been going through recently, uh, which is a, a recovery program, um, that our church is going through all together. And, um, man, I'll tell you the refreshing piece for me has been, uh, being able to give that recovery program the time it needs. Uh, it involves a mentor piece. And so I've been able to connect with uh, my mentor who uh, is just north of me, just a few miles north of me. But, you know, we can't be together physically. Uh, however, we've really had some already some really good times of counsel and, and just time to uh, sit and listen and and wrestle with the Lord together over uh, what's been going on in my heart and mind over the last 23 years of youth ministry is, you know, uh, there have been some very difficult moments in the last two and a half years in particular, one with one of my kids, um, and then uh, several just big issues with our youth ministry, including some students who who passed away unexpectedly, um, Mm. that just rocked our world, man. And so this has been an an unbelievable time, Jeff, of being able to, to just be still, uh, at times. Now, as you know, it's also, it feels like I'm busier as well. Uh, you know, the, the days mix together and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do work all over again. Uh, but at the same time, um, God has slowed things down tremendously so that I, that he's not competing with the loud, busy, phone, distracted life that I lead. You know, as, as Elijah, uh, we know the story of Elijah that uh, when he waited on the Lord, it says the Lord was not, his, he, he did not hear the Lord in the earthquake or the fire, right, or the wind, but it was through a still small voice. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I've fortunately had some time to just listen and... Um, that's not, that's not easy. And I have to, I still have to resist the temptation to, to be on my phone constantly or, or to set up another phone call or, you know, so that man, I would say those, that right there has been, uh, 
tremendous for me. Yeah, man, I love that. Still small voice. Um, I think many of us are probably hearing that more often, at least when the kids aren't running around and screaming in our homes. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard, but um, it's definitely obvious as well. When you l- listen to people and when you ask them that same question, how has God been at work? They talk about um, how unbelievable it is to be able to experience the confidence and hope and joy of Christ in, in new ways that maybe were there before or available before, but they've never been utilized until now because they kind of have to be utilized. And maybe we're now at the point where uh, even though we're using technology more than ever, um, physically we're sort of um, we're staying put. We're kind of isolated, and m- we can maybe even hear the Holy Spirit and just be able to listen instead of filling the air with our own words. Be able to listen and and to be patient and just to see where God is at work and um, how He's using us for His glory in the midst of a time when people are afraid, people are upset, um, and they're looking for people to blame. They're looking for governments to say, you're blowing this out of proportion. They're looking to news sources and saying, this is right, this is wrong, this is right. Um, But at at the same time, for the church, this is a time for the church to really step up. And, um, you know, I think, as I mentioned in the past, uh, a, a few minutes ago, the on switch is always on, at least for me. And so to be able to turn that switch off, um, and just listen and just be, um, and to see where the Lord is at work has been refreshing for me. Um, yes. certainly one of the most difficult things was not being able to be together for Easter. Um, mm. this was my son's first Easter and uh you know we didn't have a big family meal with uh, grandparents and extended family we didn't get to go to church i didn't get to see the students um and you know that that was really hard for me uh we did our easter services online like everyone else uh, we also did um a devotional for Monday Thursday and asked people at home to wash each other's feet um, as Jesus did in the upper room. We had a dramatic reading of the Passion story for Good Friday that was recorded and shown um, on Facebook through Zoom and, um, you know, and then Easter morning. And uh, I came up here to the church um, by myself, obviously, and recorded my live stream from the youth room, and I had to start over after I was five to seven minutes into it because um, my wife called me and said, no one can hear you. <laughs> so I had to start all over again, and I was flustered. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, it's certainly something that we think, oh, well, I I can utilize technology, and I'm working with teenagers, so I can adapt and adjust, and it's still hard. And it affects us more and more, and some weeks might be better than others. And on, on some days, I think we go between being excited for the new things that we're able to do, and then we go back to, man, I'm lonely, I'm isolated, I miss seeing people, I miss my students, I miss my leaders. And it's this weird 
um, dramatic at times back and forth pendulum that can really wear on us almost like lumberjacks sawing a tree back and forth you know and Mm. we need to be able to know where our hope is founded you know and i talked about that this um this past sunday was was easter and i talked about how you know jesus referenced the size of our faith as a mustard seed that's what he talked about and a mustard seed is tiny it's one to two millimeters in diameter so not wide but like that width wrapped in a circle so it's tiny if you held it on your finger it it would look like a yellow grain of salt you know and yet it grows into this big tree and he's saying with with that much faith you can move mountains and so it's not about the amount of our faith or our willpower or our knowledge it's about who our faith is in and where our hope is founded and i have to go back to that to remind myself that you know I'm, i'm i'm human i need to have times of rest uh, we talked about that at our staff meeting. Um, you know, we need to be able to take a break and realize how all of this is affecting us, not just our students, but us, because when it affects us, it affects our families, it affects everything else in our lives. So we need to take a break and find r- refreshment in the Lord. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you had mentioned some things earlier, and I kind of wanted to close by talking about you know, how are we, are we connecting with students? Um, I see online youth ministers asking about what are the best games for, for Zoom that you're using? How often are you, communic- are you communicating with your students each week? Do you have small groups? Um, what are you doing? And so, Mike, what are some things uh, that you guys are doing as a, as a ministry to reach out to your students right now? Yeah, that's good, Jeff. You've mentioned several. You know, I've got a text thread going with several of our junior high students right now. Um, you know, an individual text threads going as well with other high school students that uh, I have relationship with. And so we're in touch regularly that way with leaders as well. Um, you know, phone calls for sure uh, to parents. been calling uh, parents in our ministry just to check in just I've got a good list of contact info um, for each grade level so we've I've just been looking at that and going Lord you know really just who do I need to reach out to and um, you know I've been calling down the list mostly um, and and then using zoom of course uh, with a password feature so we <laughs> we don't have any zoom uh, privacy pirates coming into oh, the meetings. oh my gosh man yeah, yeah know, that's, that's been a that's big been issue a it has, man, and and it's been there's been some unfortunate uh, events with that, but um, you know, um, so we've we've been doing that, man. Uh, I you know we, you and I have a mutual youth ministry friend who did a listening meeting for parents. I, I think that could be effective, and so that's a really a, great idea. I love that. It is, it is, man, and and it sounded like it went well for him. Um, our high school pastor at our church is going to try that. I, I have found it more effective though just to reach out to individual parents. Uh, it takes time. But hey, we've got time in a lot of ways. So I'll go walk the neighborhood and take my phone and headset and and just call a parent and and talk to them. How's it going? Um, you know, just let them talk. And how can I pray for you? Um, I will ask, is there anything you need at this time? And one of our leaders dropped off a box of food to a family that is from a lower income, single a single mom raising two kids who are handicapped. And, and she needs uh, a lot more help right now than than normal so uh, that's been important you know 
I think as well. One of the things we've done, not not so much the uh, we've been we've been doing more doing more interactive level connection versus monologue, but we did do some Passion Week videos this last week, uh, five minute videos for each day of Passion Week, and we got you know it seemed to be effective. A lot of a lot of people on our Instagram and Facebook page uh, tuned into that, including our online church service as well. We we have the fortunately we were able to provide our congregation with an online service and it was man the easter service went really well um and so but man I, I, it's so interesting man because i feel like even especially with parents you know parents when they have multiple kids especially it's like hey give me the information i need to know to get my kid to youth ministry what time give me the bare bones essentials cuz beyond that i don't have capacity don't give me a paragraph long multi paragraph long email that I have to wade through to get details. But I also feel like, Jeff, in this time of relational de- detox, as I feel like it is, um, where we're, we are connecting more on a um, genuine, uh, uh, intimate, authentic way, uh, and, and parents are more open to, to talking uh, and, and talking about life and what's really going on. And, and I've been in position to be able to provide some coaching uh, as well in certain situations, scenarios where I'm on the phone with them and really stand in the gap for them uh, right now. So yeah, man, that's, that's, that's about, about what's been going on there in terms of connection with our people. Love it, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. We've been um, doing Sunday mornings. uh, So close to our usual, um, Bible study hour here here at the church. I'll go live, and uh, talk, and I'll do some announcements. Talk about what the programming is looking like for that week, things that are coming up, and then I'll do an intro to our lesson. Then after that, I hop off the live stream, and our leaders hop on either Zoom or the Hangout app, and we connect with our students, and we do small group, um, and then. During the week, uh, we aim for at least twice a week to connect as a youth group with everyone, and we have something called Lockdown Lounge <laughs> that What's we do. That? Uh, so Lockdown Lounge, uh, it started out on Instagram Live, and now we're hopping between different apps because on, on Instagram Live, um, you can share um, a screen during the live stream. So there was one time where I had a leader share the screen with me, and we were both talking and engaging and she shared something from her heart and encouragement through scripture and then we did a game of uh, catchphrase if you will Um, but she was going for the girls and I was going for the guys and um, one at a time um, one of us would look away and the other would hold up a word for the students to see and then take it away and then we start a timer and and I would look at the comments and the guys would give me clues and, and I would try and guess what the word is. Um, so we've been doing uh, interactive games like that. We've hopped on hangouts and done quick draw and trivia. And, uh, we're actually, we, we have a, an online talent show coming up this week. So I'm very excited about it hoping we have a lot of good submissions for it. And, um, cool. yeah, but we'll, we'll either, uh, We'll do a devotional. We'll do games. Uh, we're going to do some cool stuff with prayer 
at some ones in in the future. And, uh, you know, I'm always encouraging my students um, to engage with each other and with their leaders. One of my leaders is looking at doing um, a little online class with with her group, and they can do it all together and connect in, in that way. Um, you know, I saw an app where it's called Watch Party, and you can do it with Netflix. So you can choose a movie or TV show, and then everyone logs on to it, and you watch it together at the same time and you can pause it if you want and while it's going you can have um discussion and you can talk to each other about what the meaning of that is or or, or that is and i'm thinking about maybe doing that um so yeah there's a lot of fun stuff and with with parents um i'm continuing my weekly email newsletter to them and then i'll usually send at least one more email or mass text to them about um, specific programming things that we have coming up. Uh, we, we, we had a challenge for uh, giving food to uh, one of our local ministry partners who uh, offers food and job training and medical clinics and, and things like that. And um, going along with one of our church values, we call it the hashtag serve in your sphere challenge. And I challenge the connection groups to raise mo- um, raise money or to donate items to this ministry. And the winning connection group got uh, each each member got a pizza with up to three toppings of their choice, and I hand delivered it to them on a, on a Sunday. And uh, the high school guys took it, but it was awesome. Uh, the entire youth group, uh, just in a matter of one. Uh, two or three days raised $50 and five bags or boxes full of food. So uh, it it, it was great. I got to go drop it off and they were grateful because a lot lot of places like that around here, their shelves are getting bare or they are bare. And so they appreciate any, any donations. And and, And we've all seen on the news or online, the long, long lines at, food banks and things like that. So people are in need. And I thought, hey, let's continue being the church and serving and have a little incentive of pizza for teenagers. Uh, that is definitely a stereotype, but it worked. So um, Man, Jeff, it was good. Yeah, it was that's good. tremendous. I'll tell you, it, it, what's interesting, as you were talking there, I, I'm just thinking about the different ways we've been connecting and and, and at the, um, you know, the the number of times that we're connecting during the week with our students right now. Um, you know, our high school pastor started a Tuesday, Thursday Bible study just for this season. But, you know, I would imagine a lot of youth pastors out there are connecting in unique ways, seasonal ways right now with their students. And and I'm so curious to know if that will continue. You know, will the the need for church and connection through the body of Christ continue to uh, to be raised up and, and seen as important, or you know once once the the shelter in place is lifted, will we go back to business as usual? And and you know church is one of those things where for a lot of our people it, it's necessary and we know we need to do it, so we do it when we almost like when we when we're required to versus regularly connecting so that we can be all that God has called us to be uh, as the body of Christ. You know, as we connect with each other and care for each other, 
reach out to those around us, you know, break bread together, share, uh, read God's word together, uh, pr- you know, and that, that essential, of course, prayer element. So yeah, man, that, that's something that's, that I've been really thinking about lately and I'm hearing more people talk about is, is this a seasonal thing or will it continue? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we should all look for ways to adapt what we're doing now and use pieces of it to continue our ministry in in the future and use it to yes. supplement our in-person ministry because you know as we've as we've mentioned um, I think it's uh, maybe even an, an easier way for a lot of students and their friends to connect instantly and and see what the church is doing if they don't actually come to one of our events they can see and engage with it online um, yeah yeah. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I look forward to having you back and some of our other local buddies uh, as we talk about networking and ministry partnership in a future episode. We'll look forward to that. But man, thanks again, bro. I appreciate your, your time today. Absolutely, Jeff. Always a pleasure, man. Good, good talking to you from afar. I hope to see you soon in, in person at some point. Absolutely, man. We'll see you. All right, pal. Take care. That concludes our second episode of Youth Ministry Maverick. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks again to Mike Hines for his time. We hope you will join us for our next episode. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with others you think it might benefit as we invest together in this next generation. Until next time, adios. Adios.